Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Monday edition of the For the Win podcast, the Gridiron Geeks, starring myself, Charles Curtis, and as always, I'm here with Stephen Ruiz, but this is this is a tough edition of, of the Gridiron Geeks because Stephen Ruiz is a Panthers fan, so how you doing, Stephen? I'm doing better than, than I thought, although I did think the game was going to be more of a blow. I thought it was going to be over by the third quarter, so kind of got teased there at the end, but no, I'm, I'm fine. I expected them to lose, so... I'm not taking it too too bad. That's good. And, and as I said to you off air, and as I've said, I think throughout our, this whole season, uh, at least you're not a Giants fan who's having to deal with all kinds of Giants things. But uh, they, they really did uh, put on a really good show there. I was very impressed by, by, by the Panthers. And, and we'll get into that game and, and sort of a lot of the, the wild card action from this weekend. Uh, and also we'll look ahead to next week's games. And, and as usual, we'll, we'll sort of look at it from all uh, perspectives. Uh, even a little fantasy. Why not? Even though we're in the, the throes of the fantasy playoffs. So let's look at less the, the weekend's action. Heck, let's start off with your, your Panthers. I thought that game was going to be uh, a blood as well. And I, I was really kind of surprised by the Saints' defense a little bit. And I'm a little – it started to make me worried about my – I don't think we ever made – did we make Super Bowl predictions? But if I had, I mean, I, I can't be – you know, in hindsight, I've said to a bunch of people, I think the Saints have a real shot in the NFC. What would you think? Yeah, I think we both said the Saints were the best team in the NFC last week. Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, now, I'm not worried about their defense so much. I, I am kind of worried they lost a couple offensive linemen, and yeah. that that might hurt them in the running game. I think Breeze is going to be fine no matter who's in front of him. But I'm not too concerned with the uh, the defense just because how many ridiculous throws did Cam Newton have to make on Sunday? Like, he did, yeah. Oh, Saints, man. Some of those sideline throws were absurd. Exactly. The Saints were uh, right on his receivers all game long. He was just making – he was just on his game. And we see when Cam's on his game, he's like impossible to slow down. I saw a stat where I, I think a tight window throw by uh, Next Gen Stats, their, uh, their definition of a tight window throw is – a defender within one yard of the receiver. And I saw a stat on Twitter from one of the NFL guys that he, Cam Newton attempted 27% of his passes were tight window throws, which is the most all season. So the Saints were doing a good job on defense. It's just Cam was doing a better job. So I'm not too concerned about the defense going forward. Yeah, that's a really good stat also because if you look at, at their, uh, uh, you know, the, the box score, it doesn't doesn't show that because you have, you know, you have Greg Olson having a big day. Obviously, Christian McCaffrey out of the backfield, that was kind of huge, um, which we can sort of get into with, with Saints-Vikings a little bit. Um, but Devin Funches having 79 yards was like 78 more yards than I thought he would end up with. So um, I, that sort of was my alarming, like, uh-oh, are we worried that, you know, defensive rookie of the year uh, potentially – Marshawn Lattimore didn't do his job, but overall, yeah, it, I think the Saints still could be the favorite. I, I really do. They, getting through the Vikings is going to be a lot tougher uh, than the Panthers' D, in my opinion. But I, I really yeah. do think that that uh, you know the the Saints winning by five, you know, when we all kind of thought it was going to be a little bit larger than that, like yeah, it's not the worst thing in the world. Yeah, I, I do agree that the Vikings game is is going to be. A tough one for them. I think that's the NFC Championship game. Basically, whoever wins that is going to the Super Bowl. Right. But I, yeah, it it's going to be a tough matchup just because I don't think the Vikings have to choose. Are we going to stop the run or the pass? I think the the Panthers had to do that. They were burned by the run in both games against the Saints. So they kind of said well, we're going to load up against the the run and let Drew Brees kind of beat us. And that, that's exactly what he did. He was like perfect on the day. 
I don't think the Vikings have to make that choice. I think they can they can defend the run and the pass at the same time. It's it, it was yeah, and and holding Kamara and Ingram to uh, forty five yards is is the impressive thing. But yeah, and then you look at you know uh, what they did through the air. You had Ted Ginn on that that first that eighty yard touchdown, like uh, you know horrendously. You know they had to concentrate. I think they were concentrating on Michael Thomas on that play. So what are you going to do? You know you have to pick your poison with with this balanced uh, New Orleans offense. So I think the Vikings. You know you're absolutely right. I think you know you can say Xavier Rhodes is going to be on Thomas probably all game and and uh against the run we know they're stout yeah yeah I think that's how they're gonna play it I don't I don't know Zimmer he he comes up with crazy game plans sometimes they have roads travel with the number one receiver sometimes they don't um the only thing I'm worried about is is uh Ted Ginn getting deep again just because I don't Harrison Smith is like maybe the best safety in the league outside of Earl Thomas but you know he's not really a, a fast guy, and Andrew Sandejo is another. He's he can hit. He's not really a fast guy either. So I'm worried about Ted Ginn like blowing the top off that defense. But that's really the only concern for me. I think they can stop the run, and I think they'll have a plan to slow down Michael Thomas. We'll see. Uh, I, I, let's move on to the next game, uh, Titans Chiefs. Let's just talk about. We'll, we'll jump over the AFC for a second. Uh, you and I said we were worried about the Chiefs' defense, and we should be. Uh, but I don't think they have a shot against the Patriots. Oh no, the Titans. Yeah, I don't. I think, I think it ends there. But yeah, we were. We pretty much nailed this game. I, although I don't think we thought the Titans would win. We thought they would keep it close. They ended up winning. But we said the Chiefs' run defense is a problem, and the Titans know how to run the ball, and that's exactly what happened. Derrick Henry went for I think 150 yards, and that it was tough. Uh, Mariota made some plays with his legs. That's what we said they they had to do, and that's exactly what happened. And, and Derrick Henry, we just have to. I just have to call him out. He's so good uh, that I cannot wait for Demarco Murray to no longer be uh, in in Tennessee because the unleashing of Derrick Henry as a single three down back is going to be one of the most exciting things. I think I said it last week when we were talking about sort of your fantasy prospects for the playoffs. Just seeing that performance reminds me that the guy is, is a beast. And if you're in a, a uh, if you're in a dynasty league, congratulations, you're going to end up with uh, something good. I ended up, I just remembered this today upon looking upon this box score that I traded Derek Henry in a season where I needed to back up Ezekiel Elliott two years ago um, for, uh, you know, in case he was injured with Alfred Morris. Um, this is two years ago, you know, pre-suspension, all that. And I'm looking back, and I'm like, I could have kept Derrick Henry for a very nice, uh, uh, you know, whatever it was, eighth-round pick or something like that. Absurd. Um, so now, now you know how uh, Patriots fans will feel in five years when they see Jimmy Garoppolo winning Super Bowls and yeah. MVPs every year. Real life, right, exactly, real life stuff. Let's go over to the, the Patriots for a second, though, with, with the Titans. What did you make of that report from ESPN? So I was kind of surprised because I thought – I. I just had assumed that Belichick was the one that traded Garoppolo just under, he just made that decision himself. And I even wrote about that, how it could be the mistake that finally brings an end to the Patriots dynasty. I think I wrote that when the trade happened or a couple of weeks after when Garoppolo, Garoppolo looked so good, but it seemed uh, just according to the report, it was a Brady craft thing. And I could see why Brady would want to do that. Cause I think he is kind of, we say Brady's not slowing down, but these, this last month, I, I feel like he has been showing some signs. He's thrown a lot more interceptions than he usually does. And the key part in that piece, which I don't think people are making a, a big deal about, but they should, is 
the assistant coach uh, pointing out that Brady seems to be more nervous in the pocket just because he's taking more hits and he's getting, you know, he's more fragile, I guess is what the, the word they used. And it shows up on tape. I tweeted about this. His feet look so unsettled. Last week against the Jets, and it's been like that for a couple weeks, his feet, which are the foundation of his game is how good his feet are. He's usually so good in the pocket moving navigating the pocket while keeping his mechanics intact. I don't think that's the case anymore. He's not getting these throws off as quick as he did before. And it's because his feet just seem unsettled. I mean, that's that's the crazy thing. You should all go to, to, to Steven's Twitter feed and look at, at the videos that you posted. I was loving that because it was showing he's had, you know, some throws where you you gave him one of the, uh, the, the Eli Manning self-sacks where he just <laughs> falls yeah. to the crown. And I was like, uh-oh, like, that's not a good sign. Um, and so I'm kind of wondering, like, if this is one of these things that we should, you know, that, that if you are, if you are a Patriots fan, no matter if it's, so here's the thing, like, I'm not going to say it's not true. It's a report, you know, there, there are sources within mm-hmm. the organization that are saying these things to, to Seth Wickersham, who, you know, and full disclosure, I used to work with Seth at ESPN. So, um, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I, he's a great reporter and all that. What I'm pointing out is if there are things that the Patriots, which they denied are saying untrue, even just the fact that this report exists means to me that there's something going on in the organization mm-hmm. um, beyond the, the you know the outscrow stuff and and you know if Bob Kraft forced a trade which doesn't seem like a Robert Kraft thing to do um, and I wrote if if it was last week you know that was my sort of my initial impression if it was true that Robert Kraft forced a trade for, for of Jimmy Garoppolo to make Tom Brady happy like that's the worst thing that could happen to this mm-hmm. Patriots organization. Because they've always been hands off, you know, and and the best uh, owners in the league and in sports in general, are the ones who say, here's a bunch of money. Here's, you know, uh, some people who I know who I trust and, you know, here, do it. And I'm not going to touch it. And and if that is true, that that Robert Kraft had his hand in this, it means that the whole dynasty is ready to crumble, in my opinion. Um, So we'll see how true that was, because, you know, we have an offseason where now people are starting to buzz about Belichick. Yeah, I agree with it's not it's not Kraft's mo to do something like that, but I think this is a special case because it's Brady. Brady's involved. Usually, I, right. I, I don't think he's gonna step in when it's like Richard Seymour because he, he's just a defensive tackle. But when it's Brady, the face of the franchise, I think he he would be more inclined to step in and say, "Hey, let's do something that's gonna appease Tom." Right. But it like you sense. said, it's, it's a report. You got to take it with a grain of salt. It's a report. I think there is, there's definitely something there. Uh, this didn't come out of nowhere. That people are talking about it. New, reporters in New England have kind of said like this has been going on. Something like this has been going on for a while. Yeah. So you have, I, there's something there. Yeah. Uh, although th- there are Giants fans around New York, I was listening to sports radio a little bit on Saturday. Uh, you know, talking about. Oh, like Bill Belichick come, you know, he's always wanted to coach the Giants. And I'm like, just stop, just please, just it's not happening. Um, and if it does, um, he, would he really want to come to a roster that's decimated? Like, I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm not buying that. Um, uh, so we don't have to talk about Pat's Titans. We know it's going to be a blowout, right? Like, we can move on. Yeah, I think the Titans might keep it interesting for a quarter and a half. And then I think second half, Patriots blow yep. them out. Titans don't have anyone that can cover Rob Gronkowski. They didn't have anyone that could cover Kelsey, which is why I thought the Chiefs were going to win that game, and obviously he went out with a concussion. So if Gronkowski stays healthy throughout the game, I think New England has no problem running over that defense. 
Yeah, totally. Uh, let's get into the Jaguars and the Steelers, and we can talk about that horrendously bad Jaguars-Bills game, which I watched most of, and I'm really sad that that was, like, one of the two games that I spent a lot of time watching. Um, I think the Jaguars, I, I, I got to say, like, everyone's making the Jaguars' defense into what it should be, but I really have no worries for the Steelers in this game because Blake Bortles is involved, and Blake Bortles was just so bad and they're trying to keep the ball out of his hands but what if you know they're behind and he has to start throwing like it's it's awful it's what we you and i've been saying the whole time like blake bortles not worried about it i don't think the defense can bail them out no neither do i and that's just because the steelers have so many weapons i know i know ben had a terrible game against the jaguars the first time around but he's been he's looked like a different quarterback since then yes i'm not worried about that happening again and Antonio Brown's supposed to be back. Le'Veon Bell, Martavis Bryant, Juju Smith-Schuster. There's, just, I, I just don't think the Jaguars. The Jaguars have a great defense, a great defense with great personnel, but the Steelers have enough to put up 20 points, and I think that's all you got to do. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, no, that's it. If the Steelers do put up 20, where do, where do the Jaguars find their 20? Where do they pull it out of? And the Steelers' defense we haven't even talked about. Like, they could shut down Fournette. And that's the end of the story. Um, I think the Steelers are, are the team to beat in the AFC more than the Patriots in some ways, uh, given how they played lately. Um, and I think this is the game where they kind of prove it, where they, they kind of hold the Jaguars to 10 to 13 points and call it a day. Um, if Blake Bortles pulls out a, an incredible game, uh, that would be, you know, I don't know if it changed my mind about him, but it would certainly be a, quite a miracle. And then you get Jags Patriots, which will be really fun. Yeah. Uh... I think that's the game we're going to get. I'm not worried about Bortles even pulling out a miracle. The guy couldn't even complete like a a, a pass to the flats. Yeah. Without overthrowing it by five yards. Yeah, I don't know what you do if you're the Jaguars. If I'm them, I'm just – I'm going college offense all the way. I'm just running read options and then throwing in a play-action pass every now and then. You can't trust him to throw the ball more than 10 yards downfield. Yeah, I, and a few of those throws, even at Marquise Lee in the flat, I was like, okay, like – you know that 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 was a miss, or you know he's the only thing I see. Uh, the the great things I saw were him running, you know, and and Bortles is good on his feet, but it, you know that's scrambling, and he'll have to do that against the Steelers too. So I, yeah, I'm not worried about that game for the Jags, and we could end up eating crow on this one, but I I doubt it. Uh, and then let's talk about the Falcons. I I wasn't too shocked that they beat the Rams. I, we were kind of worried about the Rams uh, coming into their first playoff game as a young team, first time under with Sean McVay and first time for, for uh, uh, Jared Goff. So I have high hopes for the Rams in the next three years, but uh, the Falcons suddenly get a really juicy matchup against the Eagles. Yeah, again, I thought we I thought we were pretty spot on with this one. We were worried about Jared Goff all year, about his experience in the postseason, and that's ultimate, ultimately what did the Rams in, I think. Todd Gurley had a big game. He just didn't have enough carries because the Falcons got out to a, a lead quick but yeah from the the Falcons perspective I think you have to be worried about this team they the defense is playing better it's played really well the last two games against two good offenses the offense looks uh, it's not as good as it was last year but it looks good enough and then they're playing an Eagles team that has struggled with Nick Foles there's no Wendy's denying it Nick Foles isn't the, this isn't the same offense with Nick Foles and the defense has had problems against the pass and that's that's going to be an issue with Julio Jones. Uh, yeah, and 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 that's really where I think the the, the problem is. And Julio looked like Julio uh, 
uh, finally again. And it's nice to see because uh, he's had a kind of an up and down season. Um, the, yeah, the Eagles, uh, you kind of hope that, that they'll figure out a, a, a solution at cornerback. But, yeah, what do you do with Julio Jones? You can double him, and then all of a sudden you get Sanu underneath. Um, and I think Austin Hooper occasionally – uh, has big games when when you know the the concentration is on the 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 corners of the field as opposed to the middle. So I don't think they have an answer. I don't think the Eagles do. And and by the way, this is a fun stat. Uh, the the Eagles are the first number one seed to be an underdog, uh, I think, in NFL history. And like that's uh, that's pretty telling. And it should be the case because the Falcons, you know, made this game against the Rams look good. And now. Their path is to the NFC Championship game. I don't see any way around it. Um, I don't know if it's a blowout necessarily because I do have faith in the Eagles' defense to, um, you know, make some plays here and there. But I do think that they end up there uh, probably against, uh, uh, I want to say, the Vikings, which we can get to last. Yeah, and just uh, to talk about this matchup between the, the Falcons' offense and the Eagles' defense, the Eagles are a team that likes to have a safety in the box. They like to keep... Malcolm Jenkins in the box to be around and play, be like an extra linebacker. I don't know how you do that against Julio Jones. Are you going to keep one safety back deep in the middle and just let your corners go up against Julio Jones one-on-one? I don't think that's a recipe for success. So the Eagles defense might have to change up what they've been doing all season. We know the offense obviously has to change without Carson Wentz. So I, I just think this is just a terrible matchup for the Eagles. Yeah. Uh, uh, but uh, you know, you know, the the fans are, are pumped, and and uh, I don't know, maybe that's a factor at the link. Uh, you know, it gets them, it gets them riled up. But uh, yeah, uh, it doesn't get Nick Foles to be a better quarterback, unfortunately. I will say this. I will say this. The Eagles do have a chance just because their pass rush is so good. Yes. I think that's that's how they win this game. Is it their pass rush dominates? I think they have a chance, and Nick Foles just plays average football then i think they do have a chance i don't want to make it seem like they have no chance yeah i just i'm just trying to justify why the falcons are the favorite against the number one seed on the road and they should be yeah and i i think it's a good assessment uh saints vikings is going to be the game to watch uh maybe of the whole postseason i just i think this is going to be uh one of those those football games that becomes an instant classic um my brain keeps telling me the Vikings are going to win this game, and yet, you know, we think the Saints are going to be the, the NFC's favorite. What's your take? I think it comes down to how Case Keenum plays, and I really have no idea how he's going to yeah. play. Yeah. That's I think so he's he, he might go off for three touchdown passes. I think he might throw three interceptions. I have no idea. I think that's how, what it comes down to. I think the Saints can match up with those wide receivers. The thing is, can they stop the run? which is a big question. And if they can't stop the run, that's that's when Keenum's going to get into trouble because he, he's been good, but he hasn't had to make too many plays all season long. He's had to make like two or three, and the Vikings blow the team out. If he doesn't make those plays, then they, they've they had some trouble. That, that happened against the Panthers. He threw a couple picks, and they lost. So I think that's what it comes down to, stopping the run and then forcing Case Keenum to pass. If that happens, I think the Saints have a really good chance of pulling off this upset. I, yeah, and and I think that's the whole the key, the key here is is how many throws does Case Keenum have to make because the last time he made over thirty throws, uh, which was um, against your Carolina Panthers, uh, they lost. You know, he went twenty seven for forty four with two hundred eighty yards. The thing with Keenum is is you don't want to depend on him. You don't want the, the whole reason the Vikings offense works is because he he makes his. Minimal throws to Thielen and to Stefan Diggs, and and you know he gets in the red zone for Kyle Rudolph. 
and he ends up, you know, just, you know, get the ball in their hands and, and d- d- just deal with that. And that's what the Vikings have always done with, you know, Bradford and, and, and a little bit with Bridgewater. But if you make him into the number one, if you try to match him up basically with Drew Brees, you're going to lose. So I, I kind of hope, for the Vikings' sake, that the, you know, Latavius Murray and, and Jarek McKinnon prove to be enough to, to, to gash the, the Saints. I don't know if that's the case, but the Vikings' defense at least keeps them in it. What can't happen is what happened to the Rams, where, you know, golf was forced to throw 45 times. Right. Even with the running game being effective, they still couldn't go back to it just because they were down. I think if that happens, then the the Vikings are in trouble. And I think it's it's possible that it does happen because it's the Saints. It's Drew Brees. He can put up – say they get the ball first, he marches down the field, scores, and they get a stop, and then they score again. Then all of a sudden the Vikings have to throw. And I, like we said, that's not a path to winning. Yeah, no, no, no. Uh, and so it's all on Case Keenum's shoulders. Did you ever expect to say that uh, about Case Keenum? And I think the first quarter basically decides this game. I think that's when we know what that sets the tone for the game. Yeah. I think who wins that first quarter is going to win the game. I like that. That's bold. Uh, and the Saints were up 14 to 3 on, on the Panthers yesterday, right? Yes. Yeah, there you go. So uh, very telling. Uh, and, and we'll see because then the Vikings need to figure out a way to, to keep pace and. I don't know if they want to do that with Case Keenum. Uh, All right. Uh, So I think that's it for us for this week. We will see you next week on uh, another Monday when we get to talk about uh, the championship weekend that will come up uh, next. So thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.